So I don't know where you find yourself today if you are experiencing social distancing as a result of the coronavirus, which is what we are going through in our home and in our communities. We are shut down and shut in at the time that I'm recording this. And it is really impacting life in lots of different ways. And so in light of that, we are going to do a combined effort here. And you can see that I have Kaylee Kelch with me. Hello, Kaylee. How are you? Good. It is so nice to uh, connect in this way together since, well, we were going to connect in person. There's so much disappointment over this whole coronavirus, but you know, I think it's the whole make the best and make the most of what we've got. So away we go. Away we go. And so that's what we're doing today. We are recording both a special podcast episode. If you guys have listened to the more to be podcast, you know that we are passionate about helping you have a fresh encounter with God in his word. And Kaylee helps me do that by really digging into what God's word has to say and thinking about practical application steps, which at such a time as this, we really need to think about Mm -hmm. what does God want us to learn from this. And at the same time, um, we are doing, if you've joined me for Wednesdays in the word, we are studying the word of God each week. And I come to you with an audio version of that on the podcast, plus a video teaching that you can grab in the sisterhood membership And we have been studying in 2020 the names and attributes of God using the Encounter God series. So it just so happens that the name of God for this week is Eternal Rock. And Mm -hmm. and that one of the uh, the verses in this passage that we're going to study from Isaiah 26 really speaks to this time that we are going through with such uncertainty. So we're doing a combined effort of uh, social connecting. Uh, Kaylee and I get to see each other. And we are bringing encouragement to you both for the Wednesday with the Word episode and the More to Be podcast episode. So, um, you know, Kaylee, what's it like for you right now in your part of the world compared to my part of the world uh, with the impact of the coronavirus? Um, I think like most places, you know, there's just not as much activity. Things are shut down. Uh, I teach at a school. So, like there's no students and, and having to prepare and think about how we're going to be ministering and connecting online now. Um, so it's just, yeah, I, I miss people. I mean, I'm going to be honest, like I'm, I'm a split between an introvert and an extrovert, but man, like <laughs> I'm recognizing more of those like extroverted, like, Oh, I can't just go yeah. and hang out with somebody or I miss my students. Um, horribly right now. So yeah, it's different and it's hard. And I think there's a lot, especially, you know, my kids are in high school, like there's just disappointment surrounding Mm -hmm. it that they're missing out on trips and, and other things that they were looking forward to in the coming weeks that have been canceled or postponed. Um, So I just, I think that's the general nature that we're all kind of coping with at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. We're going through that too. It, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. So like when mm-hmm. we first started seeing what was going to happen here, I was getting news from my sister who's up in New York of what it was like there and sense that we were, we were next in line and mm-hmm. felt like a hurricane was coming. So I ran all the last minute errands. We stocked up right. the fridge and I was like, okay, we can do this. We can do this. Um, and then it felt like a little bit of a, a staycation calm that I, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed And then it started to rain and then the news started to come that my daughter wasn't going to go back to her freshman year of college. And then she found out that her 
place of employment that she was like taking comfort in that she's like, well, if I'm home, at least I can work. Well, they've shut down through June 30th mm-hmm. at this point. And, and so like it really started hitting and, and, and the, the people who are being displaced from their jobs. I know. As a result of this. And so it's been weird because for me, my job still goes on. Everything I do, I still have to show up for. Right but now, my house is filled with uh, all of my family members doing their social distancing and online schooling. Yeah, and we're trying to figure out how we're going to make a space for my husband to teach and work for right. the next however many weeks. I know. Uh, and the uncertainty, um, the uncertainty is getting is get it gets to me like. But what, but, but what about that? But what about that? But how do we know about this? Like I can live day by day, but there's this other part of me that plans and I look 10 days ahead at what I'm going to do. And 10 days ahead, when I start thinking like yesterday in the recording of this, yesterday we got the government shutdowns that all non-essential businesses are shut Mm -hmm. down. And my husband had to go get some stuff from the school this morning and you know, before it shuts down officially at noon and nobody can get in or out of the campus. And he's like, it's like a ghost town. This is the creepiest thing I've ever lived through. Yeah. And so I'm having trouble getting my brain around the magnitude of this and the magnitude of people's lives who are impacted Mm -hmm. financially. And so I've been been listening to Dave Ramsey, who's been kind of like, calm your souls people, (laughs) which was interesting because I listened to him after I started working on a a resource called calm anxiety strategy cards. And I thought, Oh yeah, that's interesting timing. How those two things came, came about. We'll talk about those strategy cards in a bit, but I think I, what I really want to start with before we get into some strategies Mm -hmm. to face the anxiety and the struggle of change Mm -hmm. and trauma, um, I want to go to this particular scripture passage in Isaiah 26. Would you go ahead and, and read it um, from verse, let's say 26, one through six. We'll, we'll just get okay. into that. And that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong. We are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. He mm. humbles the proud and brings down the arrogant city. He brings it down to the dust. The poor and oppressed trample it underfoot and the needy walk all over it. Mm. This verse, I mean, I, our key verse for the Wednesday in the Word mm-hmm. in the Encounter God series is, is verse four, trust in the Lord forever because the Lord the Lord himself is an everlasting rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the, that's the CSB translation. The NLT says, trust in the Lord always for the Lord God is the eternal rock. And I, I love the visual, like a, a rock cannot be shaken. Right. It's solid. It, it wins in rock, paper, scissors, right? Yeah. Like it, <laughs> it, 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 it's the winner. It's the, there's, there's no other way to look at that and the reminder here to not only trust in the Lord forever, but Isaiah 26, three is, is one of the first Bible verses I 
memorized. And mm -hmm. when I think of it, I think of um, where it's, it says, so, so my translation is different than yours. Mine okay. says, you will keep the mind that is dependent on you. Mm. Isn't that fascinating? Mm -mm. In perfect peace for it is trusting in you. And go ahead and read it in yours again. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Fixed on you. And what translation is that? Is that NLT. NLT. So I think the N NIV says, um, whose mind is steadfast on you. And when I first memorized it, uh, the person who was teaching it to me just said, steady on. Steady on, Lisa, steady mm -hmm. on. And, and that was such a great visual to me of like, what does steadiness look like, mm -hmm. right? It's this, it's a stability, it's a, a consistency, it is a concentration, which fixed, same thing, dependent, same right. thing. And it comes back to this mind, like mm -hmm. where are our thoughts taking us? is it's the source of our, either our peace or our anxiety. Right. Well, and it's so hard now, like, mm -hmm. because we're just bombarded by news and it's pretty much bad news or mm -hmm. it's very mixed, like, you know, ideas. And, oh, I mean, I heard one news, the headline, you know, be ready that this, this is the new normal for like the next year. And it's like, yeah. what, <gasps> what a year? I know. I know. I don't That's... want to do this for a year. Right. 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 Like, you know? And, and so, I mean, and everybody, the thing is, is that nobody knows. And so yeah. everybody's speculating and, and I don't remember, I wish I knew where I'd heard this, but they're like, our mind wants, um, clarity and we want to, we want a complete story. So yes. we do everything possible to actually just fill in the story. Oh, yes. Maybe it's you that I was no, talking about. No, but I, that so, so, so true, right? Yeah. Right. So because, because there's gaps, whether it's in this situation that it's a very unknown and we're in crisis mode, you know, everybody's trying to fill in the story. And, yeah. and so there's a hundred different endings. Yeah. I mean, if you think about when you give a kid, I used to with my, my kids when we were homeschooling, like I'd give them a, a writing assignment and I had these yeah. story starters because yeah. they would have a hard time coming up with stuff. And so you'd get like two pages of the story and then you were supposed to finish it. Well, that's yeah. the thing. Like we're all trying to finish the story and we don't know where it's going to go. No, we don't. We don't. And I think that's such a beautiful segue into kind of the strategy part of this is because we know that God is trustworthy. We know we right. can put our mind steadfast on him. Right. And we're going to circle back around to even more wise when we look at Isaiah 43. But, but this is the problem. <laughs> the problem we're all facing right now is that each person wants to fill in the gap in a different way. Right. And so where we might be isolated in our households, but within our households, how we perceive we should solve this, this story mm -hmm. will be different. And that's going to be a point of contention. Well, and the scientists are making it, I mean, they have their own exactly. stories and the politicians and everybody in between is trying to piece together. Um, I hadn't thought about all that until we started yeah. talking about it, but, and, and that's the thing then like, so our mind is racing, their minds are racing. Yeah. And like, when we come back to what we know to be true, that we serve a God who isn't surprised by this and who is right. still the one who is ultimately in control. 
Right. Um, right. You know, like we can kind of, we can stop and rest there versus continuing to run around of all these, these unknowns. That's, I mean, that's human nature. Like about the, the Israelites get freed from slavery, the best day of their life. And yet there was so much unknown. Yeah. Like, where are we going? How far are we walking? How long are we walking? Oh my word. Now we're stuck at the Red Sea and there's an army coming behind us. Like they had a bunch of different like ideas of how that story was going to end. And most Mm -hmm. of them was in bloodshed and that, or that they were going to be captured and taken back to where they didn't want to go. And, and so, you know, they're creating their own ending to the story and Moses like, stop, just stop. Yes. Just rely on the Lord, like yes. place your trust in him. He's going to see us through this. Yeah. And sure enough, God opened the way for the yeah. Red Sea and they all crossed and swallowed up the army. But yeah, yeah. It's such a, it's such a good point and good illustration. And we're really no different. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're before the Lord and even in that we all have different opinions, right? So, sure. um, it's worth discussing the fact that some people feel like this is like consequences for our disobedience before the Lord. Right. Right. And there are some people that are looking at this and saying, God's, God's love is being revealed through this. He's moving us into um, a a new way of living. And, you know, both of those are just opinions uh, that are worth considering. I mean, I, I find it fascinating after the last six months of trying to learn how to Sabbath at the, um, wow, Lord, you are stripping the idols, right? So the, all of the things that we have taken comfort in, we've Mm -hmm. taken comfort in our, our job security, our financial security, Mm -hmm. our, our social security. We have taken, um, comfort in thinking that we provide for the best for our children when they get to go to this sport and this activity and this vacation. We think that we're doing great jobs as moms when we buy this thing for the house and we plan this vacation and we, you know, show up wearing this outfit and like all of the things that ever mattered Mm -hmm. in our status quo is like irrelevant right now. Yeah. Totally irrelevant. Like we have gone back to the, is there a roof over your head? Is your plumbing and electric working? Right. And, and, you you know, do you have food? And that's even for where we are, that's been a scare. I mean, I've never been in a supermarket where the only choice to buy meat was a $68 steak. Yeah. That the entire meat section was gone except for a $68 steak. Wow. And I know. And, and that was only after five days, five days earlier, I was at the supermarket. I picked up some chicken and I got the last pork loin. I got the last family size jar of, you know, peanut butter and you know, I was like, wow, I can't believe this is happening. And it got worse within yeah, I know. five days. And so it is, it, is a, it is easy to look at those things and say, mm-hmm. is this the end of the world? Is Jesus mm-hmm. coming? Right. And if he is, should I worry about pulling the weeds in my yard in the next couple of weeks? Or do I need to should I run across <laughs> the street and tell my neighbor about Jesus? Yeah. Like, you um, know, <laughs> perspective. Yes. No, it is. It's very true about perspective and, and how we operate and what we find as then necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Which kind of circles back to this living together mm-hmm. and in isolation. I, I feel like 
this is why I didn't join the army or the Marines. I didn't want to get on a submarine and live with the same people <laughs> for endless days about a day. It's like, right. Uh, and yet that, how are we going to live with each other? How are we going to make this a positive experience? How mm -hmm. are we going to um, change? I heard somebody say that the, the most important question to ask is this, how will I allow this to change me for the better? Right. If not, the entire experience has been wasted. Well, and I think we have to look at any time that we come into anything, like how does stuff changes for the better? Yeah. Yeah. Because this isn't, this hasn't been the first crisis in either one of our lives. Like, no, this is a totally different magnitude that is encompassing the whole world and is affecting our communities. And yet like, I mean, there's been personal crises and family crises yeah. and work crises before this. Yeah. And so each of those things, when we walk through it, does it bring out the best in us? Does it bring us to a new place of understanding? Does it bring us closer to God and to each other? Or does it cause dissension and, and bring out the worst yeah. of like, you know, yeah. our anger and frustration and, and we're biting people's heads off? Yeah. Yeah. Which the reality is it will do both. Right. <laughs> so, so, and here's where my studying of the brain kind of kicks into gear uh -huh. and I think it'd be helpful. And I know I've shared it before, but I'm going to share it again because it's do relevant. It. Um, we have to be really thoughtful uh, when we respond to each other under that kind of stress. Right. So the natural like mom, adult, spousal response when somebody is having a fit or running off and isolating themselves is to try to control right. and say, stop doing that. What's wrong with you? Why are you behaving that way? Mm -hmm. And all that does is create more conflict because we can never actually control another human being. Right. If we could look at that response and say, this is a brainstem reaction because mm -hmm. there is a sense of fear or threat mm -hmm. of harm that this person is perceiving. Right. Whether or not it's real is totally irrelevant. Yes. It is. It, if that is the body's reaction, that is the body's reaction. So what can we do to help that other person or ourselves in that situation pull it together into right. reality? Right. right. The, it, it's not beneficial to anybody to stay in that, that heightened space. So, you know, the brainstem again is our fight, flight, freeze response. Mm -hmm. And the cognitive, the why is our neocortex, which is the top of our brain. And uh, I forget the length of time. It's like less than a second to get from mm -hmm. brainstem to the neocortex, but you have to move through regions of the brain to be regulated. And so the mid region of the brain is the diacephalon. That's your sensory motor. Right. And that's where like when you pick up a crying baby and you start rocking that crying baby, that's their diacephalon movement. And then the next level is the limbic okay. system, which is the emotions. And that is the place that we actually start connecting with people too. Mm -hmm. Compassion and empathy mm -hmm. are in the limbic system. And then the neocortex is the, now I can explain why I'm doing what I'm doing. Right. So if we could look at people's reactions and recognize they're fighting, they're flighting, they're freezing mm -hmm. and say, oh, they're feeling a threat of harm. They're feeling afraid. They're not sure what to do with what they're feeling. They're feeling mm -hmm. anxious and scared. <sighs> How can I respond in a way that shows compassion and empathy? Right. 
and maybe can try to help them get their body moving. Right. So that may be with a teenager, you just start swaying because they'll see that and they may just start moving their body mm-hmm. as they watch you move. It might be, hey, you know, why don't we go for a walk? We don't need to talk. Just let's go for a walk. Right. Or, you know, I'm feeling like I need to stretch right now. Let me do like five minutes of, of just stretching right here. You want to join me in that? Mm-hmm. And, and, and we, can, we can talk about this when you're ready, but it's okay. Right. Uh, and so kind of this idea of deactivating that, it's not a suppression of the emotion. It's giving your body an ability to get to the emotion. That's good because I think sometimes like I know as I've been working with some girls, it's like, oh, but now I'm not dealing with it. I'm just stuffing it. And it's like, no, you are actually like, you're not stuffing it. We're going to still work through it, but you need to take time to decompress. And part of that is the working through it. Yes. Yes. And so, so, and here's the other thing, it's called the arousal continuum, which is a funny, funny way to describe it, but it, it's how your body responds under that fear. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for somebody who's goes into fight mode, they can also become hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. So that's my tendency. I'm like, we need to get the yard all fixed so we can put the lawn chairs out. So the pond needs to be fixed and we need to go to the basement. We need to get this done. And I go into this like hypervigilant, get it done girl. Right. Because that I have, I have functioned that way for so long. I actually think that's going to make me feel better. Right. But it doesn't to some degree, maybe. Right. But, but at the cost of relationships. Sure. Right. The other response is I just can't, I can't even deal with this and I'm going to my room, climbing into bed. Mm -hmm. That's the, the flee and maybe freeze the withdrawing and then the shutting down. Right. And so picture, you know, a family of four different people, they're all having a variety of response to this. Right. Now it's explosive because I'm trying to get everything done. And this one wants to go watch a movie and the other one wants to just go for a drive and we're all not working together. Yeah. And so figuring out for me, say as the fight, okay, Lisa, you are feeling that agitation. Mm Mm-hmm. What if you just went for a walk right now and, and burned off some of that energy? Right. And then when you're calm, what is a reasonable thing to do and ask who can join you in that mm-hmm. in this family? That's good. And, and, and there are people that will not have that brainstem reaction. They'll just stay in the higher regions of the brain and the neocortex mm-hmm. and they'll be thinking, they'll be thinking about all of it. Think constantly like up in their head is mm-hmm. the, the expression um, and reading the news constantly and trying to figure out how is this going to solve? How are we going to close the gap in the story right. as you were saying? And, and so they have emotionally disconnected from everybody mm-hmm. because they're just, they're just kind of up there. And so, it's sort of like this opportunity for us to be really, really thoughtful students of each other Mm -hmm. and then ask the question of God, how do I show love to this person right now where they're at? Right. And that actually starts with God, how do I get regulated and steady before you? How do I back to this scripture passage? I want my mind to be dependent on you because that's where my perfect peace is going to come from. It's not going to come from my space. 
It's not going to come from people. It's not going to come from more information. No. My peace is going to come from you. Right. Well, and I think that there's this, this whole thing of, well, maybe tomorrow there'll be good news or maybe tomorrow they will find the cure. And, and so we keep like putting our, our hope and our faith in that, that, well, it's right mm-hmm. around the corner that this is going to happen and we're going to turn and, and everything's going to go back to normal. And mm-hmm. at some point in time, it will go back to, you know, yeah, we'll come out of this. We'll come out of the other side of the tunnel and it will be a new normal. It's not, I mean, yeah. because every time you walk through a crisis and a trauma, especially on a national level, it always comes out different. You think about nine yeah. 11, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. We came out, but it was a new normal now. Yeah. Um, maybe the new normal will be people will just wash their hands more. I don't know. I know. I know. But, but in all of this, like we will come to the other side. Yeah. The thing is, is that we just don't know when. And I think that's what scares us. And we put our hope then in the, well, tomorrow or the next report or this or that, but then we're always grasping at the more information or the next straw or something. And really our peace and our hope is going to come from being able to be settled in, in God and trusting that he's with us through all of this. He's with us in the good. He's with us in the bad. He promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. And whatever that looks like for our personal families, whether it is financial challenges or whether, I mean, heaven forbid that there is a death because of this, you know? Yeah he's not abandoned us and, and said, well, you're one of the ones, sorry, you're going to have to suffer. Like, no, that's yeah. not the God we serve. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's like, I'm walking with you through this. I know. Studying the names of God this year has been so profound for me because, mm-hmm. you know, when I, when I sit down and, I, and I'm thoughtful about my prayer and bringing this before the Lord, he's speaking to me back with reminders of who he is. Mm-hmm. Like, I am the God who sees. I am the right. God who provides. I am your banner over you. I am your eternal rock. Right. I am, you know, uh, I am Yahweh. I am. I am Lisa. I, I'm still on the throne and I still see. And I cannot explain to you in a way that you're going to understand in your no. human mind. Right. But I am still in your presence yes. and I am your perfect peace. Yep. So. You you were talking about Isaiah 43. I'd like to look at that. I think um, it's just filled with beautiful promises. So uh, I'll start reading, and then I would love for you to kind of walk us through what okay. was really impressing upon your heart. Now, this is what the Lord says. The one who created you, Jacob, the one who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name, and you are mine. I will be with you when you pass through the waters and when you pass through the rivers. They will not overwhelm you. You will not be scorched when you walk through the fire and the flame will not burn you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel and your Savior. I have given Egypt as a ransom for you, Cush and Seba as your place. Because you are precious in my sight and honored, I love you. I will give people in exchange for you and nations instead of your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not hold them back. Bring my sons from far away, my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who bears my name and is created for my glory, I have formed them. Indeed, I have made them. 
I mean, he specifically, you know, Isaiah in their writing, he's writing to Israel who is in captivity and, and that there was going to be a better day for their nation. And yet I feel like the words still apply to us, you know, this whole call of do not be afraid. Um, yeah, that's so that's throughout the Bible. There's different periods and, and verses that God is like, don't be afraid. It's kind of this constant reminder of like, I am your God. And like you said, I'm the one who sees, I am the one who is eternal, the rock, all of these attributes. He's like, these are the reasons why you don't have to be afraid because I am abundant and I, I have your back and essentially, um, and then there's this promise, though, because I think sometimes we're like, oh, don't be afraid. Okay, God is God, and he's going to smooth everything out. Mm-hmm. As long as I'm following him and I'm obeying him, like then I will be prosperous and, mm-hmm. and everything will go my way. And don't get me wrong. I do feel like when we are following God's commands, mm-hmm. like there is blessings that come because of our obedience. And yet... I feel like this is the, this verse of like, you're going to go through these deep waters. Yeah. You're going to go through rivers of difficulty. Cause yeah. he's like, when you go through, when you go through, um, when you walk through the fire of oppression, you are going to be oppressed. Yeah. There is going to be persecution that happens. And this is this reminder of like, okay, stuff's going to go down and it's going to, yeah. you're going to enter into periods of suffering or hard times. And yet after all of these statements, there's this promise, I will be with you. Mm. You will not drown. The flames will not consume you. So like there's these promises mm. that God's providence is in the midst yeah. of the hard times. Um, and I think that's what we had to like, settle our minds on and remember because I think it can be easy in these kind of moments. And especially as people, if we're losing jobs and Mm -hmm. money's not coming in and it gets really scary, who do you, who do you blame? Like, yeah, Yeah. you know, could be, it's like, well, God, you said you were a good guy. You said you would provide. And, and now look, this has happened. And, and so we're going to turn on somebody, whether it's our family or blaming the government or blaming God, like that's a natural human tendency as well as to put blame on somebody because we don't like what's happening. Yeah. And, and unfortunately sometimes God gets the rap, you know, and yet he's like, I'm with you. I promise you that I have not left you in the midst of all this, but yes, you are going to go through challenging moments. Yeah. Yeah, I, absolutely. And so, you know, I think the principles, the takeaway principles are are this, to remember who God is and his mm-hmm. faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to require engaging the mind. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you did a perfect example of how to do that just from a couple of verses of scripture of like looking at and saying, what does God say about his character and right. his attributes? Um, so there's that part of it. But then there's also combined with that, the very practical of how are we going to navigate? And I I like to call it these, these two things, our relationships Mm -hmm. and our, our routines or responsibilities, whichever word you want to call it. Um, And and that these are the two things that are still in front of us Mm -hmm. that require our attention and, and where our mind is, is going to impact the outcome of those two things. Yes. And yet our bodies want to have a vote. 
<laughs> right. Right. Our bodies are going to want to revolt in the flesh against the power of the spirit who gives us perfect peace. Right. Uh, and so um, I, I think that there's, there's a couple of things that I want to just suggest as options mm -hmm. for the, for moving forward with those strategies. Um, so the, the calm anxiety strategy cards are just a tool. They're mm -hmm. printable, they're available in the shop and they kind of give you a step-by-step -step way using calm as an acronym to pay attention throughout the day of what's going on. And so the, there are four cards that explain what calm is and in overview, it's consider uh, what's going on right now, mm -hmm. acknowledge what's going on in your body and your thought life, lean in and lean on God at this time and his promises and his truth, plus somebody else. Right. And then lastly move, like what can you do to move your body to get that, mm -hmm. that sensory motor part of your midbrain going. Um, and then the other cards include uh, scripture memory verses, including Isaiah 26, three, which I thought, Lord, that is only you that I, I pick that as that verse for that card. And this is what we're studying this right. week through the encounter God series. Um, so there's verses, but then there's also regulating techniques. So uh, the things that you can do to uh, regulate the physiological response of your body right. by tightening your muscles and, and breathing exercises, things that I've learned through the equine assisted training are included on a card. So the idea is that we are a whole person, mind and right. body and soul, and our entire being is being impacted by this. Mm -hmm. So we need to engage our entire being. We right. need to engage our mind according to the truth and our body in a way that regulates us so that we can hear the truth. Right. So there's the calm. Um, uh, strategy cards. Uh, there's also something that I put up on the Facebook page that, that at the recording of this is pinned to the top. Uh, and in the future, there'll be a link to it and possibly a page on the website. But um, it is a survive and thrive uh, it's survival kit uh, that it's just a bunch of posts that I put up so that people in the community of More to Be mm -hmm. can put their suggestions for practical strategies. There's uh, posts for what kind of books are good for kids to read right now, for adults, what are family-friendly movies, what are family-friendly games, oh, um, what are recipes that you could make. Like right. basically you're housebound in this season and this is your like resources in one place where you don't need to go searching everywhere looking for some creative ideas, even creative projects that you can do with kids or creative projects for yourself. And so my, I'm not filling it with everything for more to be per se, although I've dropped some helpful things in there. Um, it is just, I want us to work together yeah. in our social isolation to right. create a social intensive uh, in our, in our families. And I think that intentionality of seeing this as an opportunity right. for growth uh, is huge, an opportunity for memory making. And, and honestly, I come to you having done none of that yet, <laughs> just saying, have done none of that yet because uh, we are still in survival mode with a crash right. course in distance learning this week, but yes. we have our spring break coming up and we're going to kind of build our routines going forward from that. But when we were hit with Hurricane Sandy a number of years ago, uh, I, I did not think it was actually going to be that big of a deal because we had fared 
Hurricane Irene so well. Mm-hmm. We were the ones that were without power for only three days and I was stockpiled and ready to go. And so when Hurricane Sandy came, I did just not take it very seriously. Uh, and I was just coming back from uh, the Alum conference at the time and had to cut that trip short and did not want to be mom and didn't want to deal with all this. Right. Well, we were without power for 10 days. Oh, my word. And I was a miserable wretch of every imagination. <laughs> and I was, I didn't want to build a fire. I didn't want to sit around and read games. I, you know, play games and read books. I wanted, I wanted my power back. I wanted my life back. Right. I wanted to move on with my plans and my purposes. Right. And literally it took God 10 days to smack me and say, what is your problem, woman? Like I've given you all these good gifts and none of them are good enough for you. Right. And I was like, oh, I just wasted 10 days. Well, and that's the thing. Do we look at these things as opportunities or as inconveniences? And, and I think that's, that's again, kind yeah. of the state of our mind and the way we're thinking about it. But is this an opportunity to connect in different ways with our family, with other people? Even yeah. I saw one post or meme, it was like, okay, now's the time to everybody who doesn't like to be on the phone, like actually pick it up and call people. Yeah, yeah. And, and so whatever that looks like, and, and we've talked here about different generations. So yeah, I look different for other people, but you know, whether it's texting or video chats or phone calls, yeah, doing something that continues to connect us. And yes, what are the opportunities with our family and our time that we're spending together? Um, yeah. Our, our own quiet time with God, like what are the opportunities there that now we maybe have more time on our hands? What, What projects can we jump into, whether it's home projects or even ministry ideas? Um, There's so much, and and we are blessed that at the moment, especially, I mean, we still have the internet and like resources online that we can um, stay in touch or even start things, you know, and do stuff that maybe we've, shoot, who knows how many like dreams people have had and they're on the back burner. Maybe yeah. the time, like pull them out and, and start strategizing or brainstorming yeah. yep. and making plans for when this all stops. And yeah, yeah, I absolutely. And so that's where I'm energized by this is that I keep on because there's that still small voice in my head from the Lord saying, is this going to be a Sandy? Hmm. Or is this going to be something sweet? Yeah. And not everybody has that perspective right now, right? No. Um, And and that's, I'm I'm speaking to the person who is looking at this with fear and anxiety. And um, which is normal. Like our income is threatened. Our food feels threatened, even though it's not. Um, our, Our lifestyle has been turned upside down. There's a grieving process for the things that we've lost. Like you were said yep. at the beginning, you and I were supposed to spend three days in person together at the farm, which has not happened. I know. You know, seniors in high school and college, their bucket list yep. of prom and spring sports and yep. and graduation parties are all on hold. Yep. Uh, there is a lot of grieving that needs to happen. And that's that okay. We, and that's Okay. But if, if that's not you right now, and if that is you, uh, what is one little thing you can do once a day Mm -hmm. that says, God, thank you for this. Mm -hmm. 
And what are the ways that you can build some routine in the midst of the unexpected? And even if that routine is we're going to have lunch together at this time for the next five days. Right. Because that's as far as we can really even think at these points. Right. Like uh, we're going to play these board games twice a week. Uh, together. We're going to do like, what are the things that together you can define as routines? And so another uh, kind of last thought resource um, is the core value worksheet that Mm -hmm. I will also put in the podcast notes uh, because that is something that pretty much from probably ages like nine, 10 and up, you can do as a family and you each print out your own core values worksheet and you circle the words that are mm-hmm. most important to you. And then that's a great conversation starter. Yes. Why did you pick that word or, or from right. a coaching perspective? Tell me more about that yes. the word you chose and to not put somebody on the defensive. Uh, but, but really looking at like getting to know each other in a mm-hmm. new way and then looking at those values and having those values together Mm-hmm. come up with a, these are our values as a family. Yes. And so now how in this season, in this unexpected place, can we live this out? Right. And then what does that look like if we ever get a new normal? Right. So we're on forced retreat is kind of a way yes. to think about it. <laughs> yes. And I think that's, that is an important piece is a routine still. Because mm-hmm. because there is so much unknown and everything seems like thrown out the window, especially for kids, it's good to have something that's still like they can plan on, you know? Yeah. Um, yep. So, and you've got to figure that out for you and your family. Um, but yeah. having some kind of something that feels normal, I think helps to um, like just create an equilibrium for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So for us, the only thing that feels normal right now is, uh, we, we brought it back to life, what we had over the summer, which is we're gathering to pray together as a family at 930 at night, because we are night people and not morning people. <laughs> You're speaking it's, my language. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, but you know, we have different ages and that's what we yep. do. And, yep. and, um, you know, I would like if we read some books together or did some Bible study together, but I don't know. Right now, everybody's just in survival mode. And so no need to put on extra pressure that everybody can't jump into. And so it's that, it's that ten, um, tension between mm-hmm. what's good for me and am I doing it because somehow it soothes my anxiety in a false way right? versus what is good for the people I'm in relationship with. And how do I think of others before I think of myself and serve others out of God's love in me? Mm-hmm. And then how does that then shape our routines yeah. and, and how we carry out the rest of our responsibilities in these yeah. uncertain times? Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, good stuff. So uh, would you, Kaylee, would you close us in prayer? I think we kind of hit it. I hope so. Yeah. Way we go, right? Yeah, right. Um, Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this time that we've been able to spend together and um, talking through some of your word. And Lord, we just thank you for the promises that you give us and for the assurance um, that you're with us in the midst of all of the chaotic and craziness that's happening in the U.S. and across the world. And Lord, so we ask that you would continue to help each one of us to um, keep our eyes fixed on you and that you would 
give us the peace uh, that we long for um, and that you would give us clarity of thought though as we move through these next few weeks and months with our families and as we make plans um, and as we adjust to to life in isolation or once we get back to normal um, that you would continue to give us wisdom to navigate that well and that first and foremost that we would keep our relationship with you strong and that we would be in a connection and relationship with each other in a gracious and loving way. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you everyone for listening to this More to Be podcast. I pray you've experienced a fresh encounter with God and his word during your time with us today. This podcast is made possible through your financial support. To become a valuable supporter, visit the More to Be shop and join the sisterhood. May you continue to think biblically and live transformed to be more like Jesus as you seek to join God in his work every day.